Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will here at Schedule Fly, and I'm stoked to have Matt Fry on the phone today. I've known Matt for a while. In fact, we filmed Matt years ago. He's been in our first book. He's been on the podcast before. This guy, uh, he and his wife, Rachel, I have high respect for both of them. Uh, and uh, they're in Carmel, Indiana with Bubs, burgers, and ice cream. They've got several locations. Two of them are still open. But uh, Matt's got a really awesome story, so check out our videos and previous podcast episode to kind of hear the background with that. But Matt, thanks for taking the time today, man. Uh, thanks, Will. Uh, so you've got a couple of your locations up and running now with takeout and delivery. Um, how did you, and I know Carmel is your, your flagship store, so I know that's, that's up and running. How did you all figure out which ones to keep open, which ones to stay closed, and what kind of tweaks did you have to make to, I mean, did it take time or did you, were you able to quickly adjust and um, get going with takeout and delivery? Well, we decided to keep Carmel open. Like you said, it's our flagship store. It's located on a, on a trail and on Main Street in downtown Carmel, Indiana. And, the, the, you know, the traffic's high, the walking traffic's high when the weather's great. You know, at, here in the Midwest, man, we're still, it's 48 and cloudy and a little wet today, but it was 65 and sunny two days ago. So mm. we're in that midst of ups and downs still. But, you know, that one having such high traffic, even with the, you know, situation where everyone's having to stay home people are still out walking keeping their distance all that kind of stuff and you know on top of that we got you know everything is timing you know i'm sure everyone listening has had something in this business where it's like man i'm glad i did that because if i wouldn't have i'd be six feet under you know about a year ago we started online ordering and also delivery through grubhub and you know, if we wouldn't have been prepared for that and had gone through the learning curve with that, this would have been a, a completely different situation. But, you know, we kept the Carmel store open and then the Bloomington, Indiana, down near IU open. And obviously all the kids are gone. But the community, a lot of those restaurants, because they're very seasonal with the kids and we're still that family concept, we stayed open and it's it's proven to be worth it. You know, you always want more, as you know, but, you know, it's still worth it. You're providing the service and we're keeping people employed and keeping people fed so in terms of tweaking the concept like i said before we you know we were doing the online ordering the phone in the curbside the delivery already it's just a matter of having the supplies you know our distributors struggled a little bit early on you know providing to go packaging and such and gloves and some other things but you know that's all straightened out now and you know if, it's almost like i first opened you know we've been open almost 18 years now and you know i'm going back to what it was like year one six months into it buying stuff at sam's because it's three cents cheaper than the distrib the food distributor so you know everything has changed and you know like i mentioned before i'm a i'm a glass half full kind of person man it's going to get better if we all do what we should do and you know i tell everybody even on our social media posts act like you work at bubs wash your hands a ton don't touch your face and just keep smart you know what i mean and be patient and if that happens, we'll all get through this. It's just a matter of time and common sense. But, you know, we've also created on top of that a grill pack that you can have that Bub's experience at home, cooking it at home yourself. Hmm. So, you know, we're, we're able to sell raw meat. So we have beef and elk and we have the four different sizes of burgers. So people can get two, four, six, eight or 10 patties, beef or elk. And our own special bun that we bake ourselves, they get that in this whole package, the seasoning, our own special seasoning in a bottle, you know, then options of potato salad or coleslaw, and then we bake our pies from scratch. And people have been getting the whole package. 
and the governor of the state has allowed us to sell beer, which is outstanding. Nice. So we're selling a lot of, you know, six packs and even cases. And so people are sending us pictures back because we're doing a big, ugly challenge. And I guess for those not listening, we have a one pound burger after it's cooked with a half pound bun and you eat it. We put your picture on the wall. People are doing that at home. I was going to so ask you if you were okay, yeah, awesome. dad, Dad's going against son, brother against brother, sister against sister. I mean, it's hilarious. So we've had some great pictures and great family experiences. Not that we're not spending enough time together, but people said, man, it brings normalcy back to it because we all love Bubs and it gives us that chance at home and we're cooking out and having a beer. And So it's, it's, it's been, you know, there's always a bright side to something this bad. You know what I mean? And, you know, not to get all you know, too personal on this whole thing, but you know, I got three kids all in there. One's a 20 year old, 18 and 16. And they're all three home right now. Yeah. When two of which would be one, one at Washington state, one at Xavier, hmm. man, they, they wouldn't be home right now, you know? And, and the fact that we're all sitting around the dinner table, drinking wine and laughing and talking and, you know, spending time together, man, that, that would not be happening right now. And who knows if it ever happened again, other than the holidays. So, well, That's a long answer for a short question. It's, Sorry, it's great, and it actually brings up several things I want to I want to dive a little deeper on. But you know, the the perspective is great, man, because we can't control what's happening. We can only control the way we respond to it and the silver linings that we find in it and and highlight, which is what you just did. Um, okay, so a year ago, you started using Grubhub. Uh, was that for all locations or just the two that are open now it was for all okay yeah we started out you know we wanted to you know get our feet wet with it so we started with one and then two then three then four pretty quick so yeah it's just a matter of you know changing the process a little bit you know getting their equipment installed and, and such how did you know not to open the two that you aren't open with right now you know honestly based on volume yeah Based on volume and, and traffic and ability to get there and the size of the town and the amount of competition that's, that would stay open. Yeah. Like up in uh, Westfield, we have a fast casual concept, but around us are all the others that have been around for eons, right? Gotcha. And their price points are extremely lower. So, you know, the first recession in 08, you know, we didn't have that concept and we only had three at the time. But, you know, we grew double digit because of our quality and, and what we put into it and the value of our product and then the service, the cleanliness, all that goes into it. You know, we're, we're doing okay, even with two stores down, but um, yeah, it's, everything's based on volume and the amount of traffic you, you can kind of dust off the crystal ball and imagine that's going to come in. Um, how did you choose Grubhub of, or is that, I mean, is that just the one that has the best presence there? I'm just curious because there's so many of these different services and I've never really yeah. known a lot about why people yeah, choose that, certain and ones. That side has grown so much. You know, it, we, you know, we did phone interviews with them and, and asked them a lot of questions. Um, you know, it's a costly way to do business, admittedly. Yeah. But you need to weigh, you know, at that point when we started doing it, it was all about the convenience. Right. You got to be convenient to the consumer, which is right on. I mean, that, but that's the way it's always been. But it just got such at a heightened level that we had to consider doing this. And we considered doing delivery ourselves. But then when you look into the insurance and the risk and the liability, and then at that time, too, the labor market was so stinking poor yeah. that, man, I've, I've hired people I would never hire in my life. But we needed the people. But to, to try to find the people for in-house and for delivery, man, it was too much of a battle. So that's why we, we leaned on those third parties. And Grubhub just had the, the better opportunity experience and the research we did. Um, 
and that's that's basically it in a nutshell. Do you think that'll change now with, you know, inevitably some places unfortunately won't make it through this? Will you have better quality candidates to hire from? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm foreseeing. You know, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of closures. Yeah. And, you know, we touched personally on this a little bit before about, you know, if, if you're not capitalized or not investing back into your business the way you should or run your business ethically or whatever else, you're probably not going to survive this. But, you know, maybe maybe it wasn't for them. Yeah. You know, and this is a really hard business to begin with. And as an owner, it's 24-7. No matter if you're, you're out playing 18 holes, man, it's still on your mind. You're still getting your phone beat up and everything. So, but it's it's not for everybody. It You know, and that's why such a large percent fail the first year they're even open. It's because of a lot of different reasons. But you throw this into it, you know, and don't forget, we're just coming out of the restaurant recession. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so people that weren't capitalized had to borrow money and they exhausted those efforts. And if they didn't get the PPP money now, I mean, it's, it's DEFCON. It's probably DEFCON too for a lot of people. I want to get to PPP, but I do want to ask you something else that's on my mind because first of all, I ate a big ugly burger, so I'm proud of that. <laughs> you did. And I got my picture. It took forever, but you did it. I did. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard, but I was, there was no way I was not going to get it done. Now, um, you you sell i mean that's your core product is is beef and i forgot about the elk i wish i could get my hands on some of your elk man i love elk um yeah but i can so i'm reading and i don't pay a lot of attention to this stuff but I st- i'm starting to read about you know beef prices going up beef getting harder to you know it's harder to come by supply chain issues is that something that's impacting y'all not yet okay not yet and you know it depends on the relationship you have with the distributor. Yeah. You know, the one I have has a division that they do their own beef. Okay. They also stock the big names, right? But they've assured me that we are good. I mean, okay. I'm one of their biggest users. Yeah. I was gonna, so, okay. you know, the volume helps even with two stores down, but you know, the volume helps and you know, listen, you know, this, you know this of all people. I mean, everything is sales, right? You yeah. got to sell yourself. You got to build those relationships, maintain those relationships. And if you do that, you know, you're you're looked upon to, hey, this guy is with us. You know what I mean? So you can, it's so important to build those relationships with those distributors or banks or obviously customers. But you know what I mean? So and, and volume obviously helps as well. Well, yeah, I know that 100%. Um the large chains for for the reason of of buying power and scale i'm sure have first choice or you know or a lot of the distributors are going to um make sure their needs are felt your four locations independently owned mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit in terms of what advantages do you have right now because you're independently owned and then are there any disadvantages right now in this situation because you're independently owned? Well, you know, a lot of times if, if you're a big name and you have multiple units and you know, a lot of times those distributors are just freight haulers. You know what I mean? Those decisions of what is being shipped is made somewhere else and not at that mm, local level. Yeah. So they're under contract to provide that product to them, at, you know, certain amount by a certain time and, and never short and such being an independent like this with a handful of units or even just one unit. 
man, I'll tell you, you really gotta, you gotta just understand that it's a partnership and it's not just them for you. You're for them. And, you know, there's prime vendor agreements that a lot of distributors have that you can sign up for that, but you need to agree to buy at least 95 to 97% of the product through them, you know, and there's negotiations you can have with the distributors to, you know, motivate them to cut a percentage back to you at the end or by, you know, just, there's a lot of different ways to strike a deal that assures that you're going to be set in the situation. I mean, who could predict this? So don't think that I'm some wise man that said, well, yeah, I predicted this would happen. That's why I negotiated that deal. No way. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when it comes to being an independent man, your fingers are crossed so tight that in so many different ways, and that's why this business is so hard. You know, you hope no one trips coming in the door, chokes. You hope everyone shows up for work. And if not, you're there, you have to do it. You know, and that's the same with some big names, but, but those are GMs or managers, not the owners, not the owners. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless it's a franchisee, for example, but yeah. Does that answer your question? No, it does. I, you know, and I think one of the advantages you have is that while big chains have scale for branding and marketing and so forth, what I'm hearing from my friends, from my family is how do I support the independent restaurants that are around me right mm-hmm. now? That you start thinking about as you sit around the table with your family and you have more family meals and we're in that same boat and I've loved it. Mm-hmm. But these kinds of conversations come up and people are thinking more because we have the time to slow down about who do I do business with? And not just restaurants, but local businesses just in general but but Mm -hmm. but definitely restaurants because people know how hard restaurants got hit how unfair it was to just have to unfair whatever you want to call it it's just unfortunate that you were forced to close and you've got this you know all these variables in play right now you know large numbers of people close quarters all together at one time food being served and prepared by people so people get that and i'm really glad to hear all the folks that i know that have said i didn't really think as much about it before as i do now and of course as you know i mean we love independent restaurants it's what we do and it's who we serve and i've had people before like yeah okay will independent great i know you love them that's but you know now they're like man i get it you know I don't want that business to go out of business. It's important to me. Yeah. Well, listen, everyone is measured and judged based on their performance. Hmm. Right. And that's health codes. That's culture of the business for the staff. And as you know, we hire a lot of young people. We want to be the first to get in their head and teach about ROI and brand and teamwork, time management, accountability, all this stuff, right? Salesmanship. Yeah. And we give a lot back to the community. So, you know, to take a step back before all that, man, we we hardly go out to eat because it, I'm hard to please, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you, because I know what I pay for that stuff and I know what you're charging and I know that that server shouldn't be doing that with their hands right now. And, you know, you just it's hard not to see and hear yeah. and, and just know that that shouldn't be happening or, hey, that's a good idea. It's just hard to, hard to sit there and enjoy a meal. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we cook at home a lot. I love to grill out. But the ones that we have supported, I know give back to the community. Mm. I know they're the, the, the local family that has been around for a long time or even a new person in town that, that took that risk 
I'm all about supporting, you know, young, new entrepreneurs, but it's hard to, to go with some of the other ones because number one, I'm hard to please admittedly. And my poor kids are just brainwashed. You know, <laughs> you can't say take care of and bubs, you know, we're here to serve. We're not here to take care of you. That's for a freaking hospital. So anytime we go out to eat, Hey, I'm mad. I'm here to take care of you. My kids are like, oh. you know what I mean? And my wife just rolls her eyes at me. But so we, like I said, we're at home a lot, but the ones we do support are the local ones that give back to the community that we know are heavily involved still. And they, you know, they, they got the good bones in them. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious, man. You crack me up. I love that. Take care. <laughs> See, now you just got me, man. Now I'm going to think every time I hear that. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm a nut, but I didn't make that one up. A customer did. I got a customer. Believe this or not, his name is Ray. He's been in Bubs once a week for almost 18 years. Love it. God, it's awesome. And Ray's a retired UPS guy, and he's always like, hey, you know what you ought to do? You know, I go, Ray, open your own damn restaurant. I'm tired of it. <laughs> but he's like, hey, let me ask you something. Why, why, does, why do people say, oh, be taking care of i don't want to be taken care of i want to be served i'm like oh my god i hate to say it, but he's right it's totally so, right i love I it i mean you know we have what's called bubisms things you can't say and that's one of them yeah taking care of we're here to serve you not take care of you bubisms so it's pretty funny uh oh, tell me about the ppp Ugh, yeah well we're one of the lucky ones and again, like I said, man, everything is sales. And the bank that we deal with is a local bank that wanted our business really bad. And, you know, I know their staff really well. And, you know, it's 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 been a long relationship. I mean, it's been at least 14 years. And, you know, luckily, Rachel's the smart one in our, in our marriage and our business. Um, and she's very analytical. And, you know, she stayed in constant contact with our banker and filled out the necessary forms very quickly and efficiently, got them submitted, you know, the fingers were crossed, we got approved, and then fingers were crossed, finally got the money, and now, you know, the fingers are big time crossed that we're following the necessary protocol to make sure it's 100% forgiven. Yeah. You know, there's a 25, 75% deal you gotta go buy, and, and how many employees do you have to hire back, and the calculations, and you know, and then are you wondering, are you gonna be dinged on the ACA? You know, I mean, there's just so many what ifs, uh, you know, and, you know, the 1% loan, if he, if it's not 100% forgivable, that's, I mean, it's very generous, right? The government's been great with this. They didn't have to do any of this. They're smart to do it, keep every, everything going. Yeah. But, you know, I'm hearing stories of people that are, it, didn't get it, don't know how to get it still, you know, have lost out on the second round. And I mean, it's, it's troubling. I've helped some people out try to get through it and Rachel has too. And, but man, it's 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 an interesting deal. But you know, and so we've had the money for about a week and a half, two weeks now, and we just decided the past couple of days how we're going to do it, who we're going to do it with inside the company, and hmm. and how that's going to be implemented. Because we're waiting, because there's been so much talk about you know the restaurant industry lobbying in, in D.C. saying, hey man, deli- June thirtieth or June fifteenth, push that farther out. Let us have more time with this. Agree. Because even if everything's opened up again. 25% occupancy, man, you know, it's, we close two stores because we're going to lose less money being closed than keeping them open, doing such a low volume. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you reopen and you can only have 25% in, you know, you're not going to raise prices on people, you know, some that have just been laid off or furloughed or, 
even just if they weren't, you're not going to do that to make up the money. If you're doing that, you're going down the wrong path right away. But it's going to be hard to make money at 25% and even 50%, you know, and keeping six feet apart. And I mean, I'm looking at buying a mobile hand washing station that I can put out near our Carmel store because of that trail. People coming off the trail, they can wash their hands instead of going in to the bathroom and touching door handles and all that. I mean, people are going to be like that for the next 90 to shoot. Who knows how long days. Agreed. You know what I mean? It's not going to go back to normal. And, you know, I'm not going to get like I did before the call, but that normal wasn't good, to be honest with you. So there's aspects of what it was like before this that need to disappear. And people need to wake up a little bit and, and appreciate and do what they should have been doing in the first place, being kind to people, helping out, being courteous and caring. You know what I mean? For sure. And, yeah. you know, we needed a wake-up call. And unfortunately, you know, you know, the deaths are horrible, the closings, closings, foreclosures are all horrible and stuff. But, you know, unfortunately, I feel, I feel our society needed this a little bit. Well, we're, there, you, look, everybody who gets through this is going to be personally and professionally uh, better, wiser, stronger, more thoughtful, more intentional. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of good that will come from this. It's a tough thing to get through. But, shoot, we've, uh, we've had many, many years of, of a good run. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, this kind of stuff – whether it's a pandemic or whatever it is, something seems to come along and throw us for throw a wrench into things every now and then it's it probably winds up being good. Ultimately, like you said, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, not of course, you know, um, downplaying the, the very tragic side of this for a lot of folks. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, but we have to, we have to look, I mean, I'm tr- and we're trying, I'm trying so hard on this to just stay positive and talk through, how can we benefit? What are the silver linings? And and so I, I agree with you there, Matt. Um, you've got that that beautiful trail there. I love that Carmel location. It's so memorable. You can't go there and not. It's just one of those things that's etched into your mind. It's a perfect location. Yeah. It's that old house. It's just really cool and unique. Um, so are is that what they're talking about? Is, is it going to be a, is it state by state, the occupancy rate? Is that how that's done? Or is it city by well, city? You know, you, you see the, our governor does a, a daily announcement at two thirty and gives an update, okay. how many infections, deaths, unfortunately, and so on and so forth. And the reporters ask questions and you know, our state has teamed up with Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio, Michigan, and I believe Wisconsin, one more. And they're, you know, they're collaborating. Um, in terms of what to do, but you know, each county in each state is different. Like Marion County, the heart of Indiana, where downtown Indianapolis is, their cases are a lot more than Hamilton County, like ours, just north of there. Yeah. So they today came out and said that they're continuing the lockdown until May 15th. Now, we're going to know more tomorrow with his announcement at 2 30, because allegedly that May 1st was that time frame, right? So he's going to come out and say, who knows what? You know, we're hoping for the best. But even so, I, I don't think we're going to change what we're doing now for at least a couple of weeks. You know, let the weather continue to get better. Let people continue to get used to going out again and getting familiar with it. But then you have a whole class and a whole group of people that are like, look, this is all fake anyways. More people die from a snake bite in the state of Indiana that have died from this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's, there's non-believers. And those are the scary ones, too, because... They don't think it's really important to wash their hands as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to take it cool and calm. 
when I'm usually the first out there to say, let's go. You know what I mean? But I think we're going to take it cool and calm. Calm is contagious. Uh, that's that's one of my favorite sayings. Yeah. So the snake bite thing, the only thing I'll say about that is I, I, I hear those folks, I do, and you can, you, but it is not contagious. <laughs> It's just, <laughs> I, know. I mean, that's I the, know. you're right. Yeah. You're right. That's, that's, yep. that's, there's not a nonlinear impact for, you know, <laughs> screwing that up. So, um, but anyway, well, uh, all right, man. Well, look, I'm, I'm glad to talk to you. I'm glad to hear that y'all have, and I'm not surprised, of course, you've, you've got a good foundation. You run your business well. You have good processes and systems in place. You are already, thankfully, uh, up and running on delivery. But the bigger thing is just how you manage the business of the business. And uh, you all have done it the right way, and and this is where you benefit in a situation like this because, you know, it's not like, hey, one bad week or one bad month and we're we're done for good. Well, we sure hope so. And I can tell you one thing that, you know, I'm 49, and again, I've been doing this almost 18 years and I was in, you know, my whole skit, you know, I was in food service sales before that, traveled the country, all this stuff. So I've been in the food business a long time. But, you know, as you get older, you get wiser, believe it or not, that's true. Yeah. And the fact that my son has golfed for, you know, 10 to 12 years and he golfs with Xavier and all this stuff, man, I'm telling you, it this business is similar to that. You can't worry about things you can't control. Mm. You just can't. And you can't spend your time or energy or effort thinking that way you focus on what you can control and you just you you push and you you move on but so many people get caught up in so many different things that waste their time and money and effort that it it stalls their progress and growth and and what i've learned watching nick and you know i golf and watching him golf man you can't control where the pin is that day you can't control the speed of the green the weather the wind don't worry about it everyone's playing the same game yeah. How you play the game personally with your mental toughness, you know, and that goes into this business. You got to be mentally strong to be in this business, man. Really mentally strong. You got to be a mental guy. In this situation, you have to create a routine every day, mm. you know, to keep your keep your head straight and, you know, continue to check in and pulse in. And, you know, it's just, it's a battle. There's no doubt. But only worry about what you can control and not what you can't. Yeah, and you got to leave leave the mistakes behind too, um, and, and, and learn. And from you're going to make them. Yeah, you're going to make them. You're going to make you, them, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. No, I dude, I hear you. That's a that's a great way to put it. I, I struggled with golf growing up when I was a kid because I'd always get so pissed off when I made a bad shot, and I you know it would just impact. <laughs> I couldn't let it go. Um, I, yeah. I, I, like you said, though, I'm 45 now, and I'm I'm much wiser, and I, I get that. Um, you you, you kind of through trial and error over years you. You figure that out along the way, and it benefits you significantly, especially in business. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the business. Uh, you know where I am, of course. Anytime I can ever do anything for you, man, it's always great to catch up, Matt. Uh, not not particularly under these circumstances, but in the context, man, I, I love hearing your voice, love talking to you, and I'm inspired, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks, Will. Awful great hearing you. I wish we lived closer. <laughs> oh, I know, man. Golly, I've been missing those. I would love to have another one of those things. That was like seven or eight years ago. I still, I know yes, I could take one down. I know I could. I can't believe it's gone so far. Uh, I mean, it, it goes so fast. It's and that's, amazing. That's the thing about this business too, man. You just hold on because it goes so fast and you just got to enjoy it. 
no yeah. matter what. Yep, that's right. So, but thank you, Will. Appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk again soon. See you. See you.